Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting live around the world. This is The Ryan Lindsay Show. Phone lines are open to speak with Ryan or any of his guests at 319-527-6702 or email Ryan. The email address is ryan at ryanlindsayshow.com. Now, here's Ryan Lindsay. Once again, broadcasting live from the beautiful Northwoods of Wisconsin, I am Ryan Lindsay, and we've got a good one for you tonight. Kind of a special show tonight. We don't normally do Thursday shows. Usually it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show, but uh, we've rescheduled from uh, Monday to today. Very glad to get uh, Dr. Uma Naidu on the show about her book, This Is Your Brain on Food. So we'll talk about the psychological effects of, uh, of food and what we eat and how it uh, affects our daily lives. So that's coming up shortly. As always, uh, need to introduce my uh, co-host, Tamara Gleason. Tamara, how are you? Hi, I'm pretty good tonight. How are you guys doing over there? Up in the northwest, you're a little farther north than me. <laughs> I'm a little farther north, yeah. yeah. We, we hit 70 degrees today. So for November Was 5th. a blessing. For, yeah. Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was it, just looking it really ahead. Was. Mm-hmm. I was just looking ahead to uh, our guest tomorrow, Connie Habish. We'll talk about uh, awakening from anxiety, and so this is kind of two days in a row. We'll talk about uh, relieving anxiety today by nutrition, tomorrow spiritually. I didn't plan it that way; it just kind of happened that way. It's like that's kind of back to that planned. Yeah, yeah. back to that synchronicity That's thing great. again. <laughs> oh, was it last so, night so great? Oh yeah, yeah. He he was he was something. I could have listened to him all night. Laird Scranton was our guest. Talked about ancient mysteries of history, and uh, he he was something. I'm I'm deep into the book now. Well, you know, send it on over. Actually, he has what did he say? It was his thirteenth or twelfth book out. Around there, yeah, twelve or thirteen. So yeah, we gotta get our yeah. hands on uh, on the other one and get him on again. Yeah, yeah, we might have to. <laughs> yeah, well, let's move on um, to our guest yeah. tonight. Really, Dr. Uma Naidu is a board-certified psychiatrist, professional chef, and nutrition specialist. She is currently the Director of Nutritional and Lifestyle Psychiatry at Massachusetts General Hospital, where she consults on nutritional interventions for the uh, psychiatrically and mentally ill. She's a Director of Nutritional Psychiatry at the Massachusetts General Hospital Academy and founder of a private practice. She also teaches at the Cambridge School of Culinary Arts. She is the author of This Is Your Brain on Food. Very glad to welcome Dr. Uma Naidu to the show. Doctor, very glad to have you with us. Thanks so much, Ryan. It's wonderful to be here. 
Oh, yes, my pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's start with with I don't know if many people knew that or have known that uh, a nutritional psychologist or psychiatrist is is a thing. Explain what exactly you do as a nutritional psychiatrist. Sure. So, you know, Ryan, it's, it's a relatively new term in the medical and psychiatric field. But the, the use of practice and investigation and research of nutrients that affect brain health has been going on for many, many decades. So, you know, my mentors at Mass General and other places have studied folate, methylfolate, other vitamins, magnesium, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids for a very, very long time. But how I like to explain it is that, uh, you know, nutritional psychiatry sorts of, sort of puts it together as a composed plate of food. You know, we don't eat one nutrient or one food at a time. We generally eat uh, different foods on a plate. Um, and the way that nutritional psychiatry works is it really is offering people an additional tool in their toolkit to feel emotionally fortified and emotionally well. And it really is through the use of whole healthy foods and ingredients and nutrients for the different mental health conditions. Okay. You, you brought up, you mentioned vitamin D. That's something here in Wisconsin we hear a lot of. And now we're going into winter and uh, right. people are cooped up inside. We don't get a lot of vitamin D during the winter, but uh, it's, it's so important, isn't it? Direct sunlight on our skin. Absolutely. And as you correctly pointed out, more than about 80% of what we really need uh, of vitamin D comes from that direct sunlight. And it's in, you know, it's in open sunlight. It's not through a window either. And, uh, you know, I'm in the far northeast and it's the same thing. We, many of us here are deficient. So it becomes an important nutrient to think about. And there are ways, of course, that you can get that through food. But, you know, the, the bigger question is really uh, how, how we're handling our nutrition in the United States. And depending on where you are and what you're trying to eat, I feel that any one of us can improve what we're doing. Because we, we go into doctor's offices and we talk about a family history of diabetes or that someone in the family may have high cholesterol or hypertension. But no one is talking about a very, very important organ in the body, which is the brain. And, you know, the fact that nutrients in food affect the brain through the gut-brain axis and our mental well-being, especially now, is more important than ever because there are many people who are suffering in silence um, through the pandemic. And I think it's something we just need to be more aware of because there's so much stigma around mental well-being and mental illness. Sure, sure. Explain that relationship between our, our guts and our, our brains. I think a lot of people just eat to, to fill our bellies, but uh, without realizing right. that it really it really does affect our brains, too. Explain that relationship. It, it does. It's true. I mean, we eat to feel full, to feel you know, satiated, um, but absolutely. The gut and the brain are two different parts of the body, as we know, so most people don't think they're associated. Um, but they actually arise from the same cells in the embryo. And then throughout our lives, the gut and the brain are connected by the vagus nerve, which is our 10th cranial nerve. And this nerve acts as a two-way superhighway with bidirectional flow of information between the gut and the brain and the brain and the gut. So I think it's helpful for people to understand that because as our food gets digested, you know, there are messages through that digestive process that get transmitted back and forth between the gut and the brain. 
And then, you know, many of us know or have heard of medications such as Prozac or Zoloft, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and people call serotonin the happiness hormone. Well, more than 90% of those serotonin receptors are in the gut, and it really helps people to understand that because if they're in the gut, then they are definitely going to be impacted by any foods uh, that we eat. And, And then I think the other important thing for people to understand right now, Ryan, is that a large component of our immune system is in the gut. So eating in a healthy way that is protective of those microbes in the gut that are there to protect us and look after us, both our mental well-being and our physical well-being, becomes even more important to help our immunity. You, you brought up the, the people on uh, on Prozac and so forth and antidepressants. Should we be looking at food to relieve our depression before we look at medication? No, absolutely not. So, you know, I prescribe medications. I think medications are important, um, and they are life-saving for certain individuals. Food is really an additional um, method of taking care of your mental health, depending on how ill you are or how poorly you are feeling. You may be able to try nutritional methods as the first line of treatment, but you should be speaking to a doctor about it, of course. Or you might already be on medication and be thinking, well, how can I feel even better? And food becomes a very easy way to do that because we have to eat. We eat several meals a day, and it's something within our control. And therefore, nutrition and how we handle that becomes very much something we can do ourselves. And it can be incorporated into any other treatment plan that you have. So it's really not either or. It's alongside any other treatment that you may be having, and it does not replace medications if your doctor feels you should be taking them. Okay. Talking with Dr. Uma Naidu, uh, this is your brain on food, an indispensable guide to the surprising foods that fight depression, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, ADHD, and more. Um, If you'd like to join us in the conversation, then feel free to give a call. 319-527-6702 is the number. And so what, uh, doctor, are some foods that can help us relieve depression then, depression and anxiety? Sure. So if we start with, with depression, you know, some of the things that people have heard about are things like omega-3 fatty acids, and they've heard about that in the form of a supplement. But it also actually can also be obtained through certain fatty fish, well-sourced, Things like salmon, mackerel, tuna, herring, and sardines are all really good sources of omega-3 fatty acids. And if you don't eat seafood, you can get the short-chain omega-3 fatty acids from things like chia seeds, basil seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, um, sea algae, and a few other things. So you can obtain it that way. And it turns out that omega-3 fatty acids actually help both depression and anxiety, and this has been demonstrated in human clinical trials. So I think it's an important one for us to bear in mind. Then the other things that people tend to overlook are the use of spices. It turns out that saffron and turmeric actually showed significant improvement in mood in studies um, of uh, of individuals. And, And I think that you know, something that's easily overlooked. So the addition of these spices can be very helpful. 
And then there are some really important building blocks, such as using healthy fats like olive oil and avocados, which bring back healthy fats to the brain and are important for us. Vitamin, um, vitamin B-rich foods are important, as well as um, micronutrients, including magnesium and zinc. And then other herbs such as oregano and uh, and lavender become important um, as well for for helping our mood. And and beyond that, I would just say, Ryan, that you know there are some building blocks um, such as the use of uh, fermented foods and prebiotic foods in our diet that really nurture those gut uh, micro microbes and really help fend off any type of mental uh, mental illness. So those are important too. Okay, what are some prebiotic foods? So some prebiotic foods are um, things such as beans, oats, bananas, berries, um, and then think allium family, garlics, leeks, onions, things that we basically cook with quite often and every day. So those are very great, good sources of nutrients for those gut microbes. There are about 39 trillion microbes in the gut, of different kinds, and we really want them working as an army for us and against us. And prebiotics is one of the foods that helps to nurture them. Okay. Tamara, do you want to jump in here? Well, this is just all such good information for us right now. I apologize. I am on the road thanks to modern technology, so I hope you you can hear me. But (laughs) working working in, um, you know, with a colon hygienist all last year in Nashville, um, you know, being a hypnotist, you know, you, you pick up on all this good knowledge. And what she is saying is just, you know, I, I was able to sample that last year, and then we fall out of habit, right? Then we come back to our right. other culture where it's not as, you know, because I'm back in Wisconsin, it's not as available to us. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated with all the good reminders of, you know, that our gut is so important for our mental clarity and our intuition even. Absolutely. No, thanks for saying that, Tamara, because, you know, I think with any of any of these sort of plans towards trying to eat healthier or doing something better for our mental health or mental well-being, you know, it's hard to, to, to follow a plan and stick with it. But, you know, I try to think of it like a good skincare routine. If we found the right uh, cleanser and moisturizer and toner, um, you know, and, and your skin is looking great, you know, you don't really want to give that up. And in a similar way, we have to think about that way in terms of food in our bodies and our mind. And I think it really does require, uh, it's challenging to maintain and keep up those, those habits. And that's why I feel that the, the, the taste and flavor of our food, um, even when we're trying to eat healthier, should be important. It, you know, you shouldn't have to eat something that you don't want to eat. And if it doesn't taste good, no one wants to follow that kind of plan. That becomes important too, and then you know, taking small and steady steps towards uh, towards improving improving what we're doing is important too. How about I think of recently I tried to, to get myself completely off of sugar, just kind of replace it with with fresh fruits instead of of mm-hmm. you know so, soda and things like that, and right. uh, and sweets. And I uh, the the first week or so. I was I was a bear. <laughs> was, yes, could yes, I have been uh, going through a, a with, yes. withdrawal? 
Yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad that it and may, maybe you, your temperament changed, but you know, some of my some of the people I've worked with actually have had uh, precipitous panic attacks, severe anxiety, um, and and that's why when they when I do definitely want to encourage them to embrace a healthier lifestyle and slowly come off those added refined sugars, but I have them do it slowly. And I'm glad, Brian, that you didn't have more severe symptoms, but sometimes people can present with panic attacks and feel like they immediately need a, a, a psychiatric medication for that. So, you know, often, I'll tell you, some of the issue with sugar, especially in the United States, is the, the hidden added sugars that we don't realize, and that's often because we don't know how much of sugar is in something. Um, and secondly, that we don't know that there's another name for sugar being used on a food label. Um, there are about upwards close to 250 other names for sugar on food labels. So sometimes oh. you may be innocently buying a product and you don't <laughs> realize that there's sugar in it because it's just a different name for sugar. And I think that sure. that's important for people to know. Um, so these are added sugars. And then um, the second thing is that, you know, our food labels are in grams, but we cook and any recipe in the United States is standardized to pounds and ounces. So when people look at food labels, how would you possibly know how many grams of sugar and what that means? But four grams of sugar is approximately one teaspoon, and that's an easy conversion for you. So if you look at a food label or that fancy coffee that you might be buying at a coffee store and look at the app and see if it has, you know, 58 grams of sugar or 24 grams of sugar, that equals a pretty large number of teaspoons, which you wouldn't necessarily be adding to something if you were, say, making it at home or um, having it in a different situation. You know, when you bring up artificial sweeteners and all the different uh, names for sugar, I uh, <laughs> when I kind of quit cold turkey here, I, I discovered xylitol. And I, I really thought I was onto something here. I thought, I thought uh, because I read that it, it was actually good for your teeth. So I thought this, this is too good to be true. It's a, it's a, it's an artificial sweetener, xylitol. I can put it on my grape nuts and, and everything and, and I'll be great. I can eat it. This is healthy. But I, I think that that's not the right way to think, is it? Well, you know, it's it's hard because I know I appreciate the effort that that you you're trying to come off, you know, the refined <laughs> sugars that we that we know drive depression, worsen anxiety, and have actually been shown to do so in studies. But but the the issue with artificial sweeteners is there are a few that have a better relationship with insulin, and a couple of those are stevia and erythritol, and erythritol is sold as swerve in supermarkets and it's used for baking. Um, but again, everything in moderation. But many, many, many of the artificial sweeteners unfortunately just drive a lot of symptoms and worsen symptoms of mental well-being. So, you know, generally, um, I know that you might have read that or seen that and, um, and, and maybe it's one positive quality about it. But many of them actually disrupt the gut and, and don't have good um, sort of a good effect, especially on mental well-being. One of the things being anxiety. So, um, you know, I think I think what you said at the beginning, Ryan, about you know using fruit, 
and um, you know getting almost your little um, your sweet bite from a natural source such as you know a small bowl of blueberries or um, some strawberries or something that uh, gives you that that natural sweet kick may be just a much better way to go and all I say about the fruit servings is you know spread them out um, stick to portion control and um, I would rather you eat your eat your berries than juice your berries so uh, you know uh, eat your berries rather than than get a juice or some other version of it because that's always going to be healthier for you especially because of when you eat the fruit the fiber is right there as well as the nutrients and the vitamins Mm-hmm, of course, is if if we should back to depression and anxiety, um, if we should mm-hmm. wake up on the wrong side of the bed one morning, is there a, a mm-hmm. food or something that that can give us a quick boost? You know, unfortunately, with with mental health, that sort of food dosing idea of let's get up and have something that's going to make me immediately feel better, it's it's not we're not quite there in terms of what mm-hmm. we know about nutrients. But there are a few things that can help you when you have those days. And some of the things that help you when you have those bad days is what you're doing really beforehand. You know, the kind of lifestyle, um, you know, we we tend to be um, very much in sync with what we're eating. So if we are eating a fast food diet and that type, those types of foods, we're probably not going to be feeling emotionally great. And if you are, good for you. However, what I can say is some of the ingredients in those foods in fast food places are ultimately going to affect you because of their effect on the gut. So I think it's really about finding the path of good, good, healthy whole foods, doing it in moderation, um, eating you know, within good portion control, but including those healthy nutrients that are going to help fend off symptoms over time. And I think if you're generally doing that, and you're going to be in a better place anyway. And then there might be the odd morning that you wake up feeling a little anxious or you um, wake up not feeling great. And in those moments, Ryan, I think that mindfulness, um, the type of either, you know, spiritual or non-spiritual practice that you that you have, either yoga, exercises, Maybe it's just a short meditation. Maybe it's just mindfulness or taking some deep breaths can help you through those moments much more effectively at times than, say, um, I, I would be, you know, I would be misleading if I said, oh, just get up and eat some blueberries and you'll feel great. Blueberries <laughs> will be excellent for you. They will certainly help your body, your mind, and the antioxidant boost to your brain will be excellent. But I, I don't, you know, I would, it's not as though you're immediately going to feel better from eating that. It's more that you've been doing it in a very consistent way, like a good skincare regime. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, You know, I think I look at your background and you're a Harvard psychiatrist, nutrition specialist, and professional chef. You must be doing exactly what you always wanted to do, things you love. I thank you for saying that. You know, I, um, I really feel blessed by the fact that I followed things that I enjoyed doing. Clearly, food is a very big part of my life, and um, and you know, and I enjoy that. And and I, I just felt that I wanted when I when I was learning about psychiatric medications and learned the, the power of having a prescription pad. I really also wanted to have the respect 
behind that. Um, you know, when I write a medication prescription, I also know that's impacting someone, uh, someone's physical and mental health. And I wanted to understand from a nutritional perspective and a lifestyle perspective that they had many tools that in addition to taking that medication that they could use to feel better. And that's where studying and learning more about nutrition uh, became important to me. And I can honestly say uh, with great humility that I followed doing things that I loved. I've always loved working with people and um, and wanted to integrate a way that really from my, my Hindu roots that you know, that connection of mind, body, soul, how we eat, how we feel, what we do, whether it's medication, whether it's mindfulness, uh, whether it's mindful eating, that all of those things really come together in a, in a, in a very comprehensive way to make us feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking with Dr. Uma Naidu, This is Your Brain on Food is the title of the book, An Indispensable Guide to the Surprising Foods that Fight Depression, Anxiety, PTSD, OCD, ADHD, and more. And uh, once again, if you'd like to join us in the conversation, give a call, 319-527-6702. Um, now, you brought up blueberries. Don't you uh, say in the book that uh, blueberries are effective for PTSD? Mm-hmm. They, they are, and studies have actually shown that um, they are helpful in reduction of symptoms of PTSD. So I think that that's one of those foods to start to incorporate in a slow and steady way into your diet. It turns out that wild blueberries, if you have access to them, have twice the amount of antioxidants, which are very powerful for your brain. Um, so, you know, a, a, a little um, half a cup of blueberries, um, and spreading that out in terms of maybe sprinkling some in your morning on your breakfast, having them as a snack uh, with some healthy nuts. So just, just become a really good way um, to to eat and to, and to add, add that food. And it's a low glycemic food, so it doesn't impact your blood sugar as much as some of the higher glycemic food. And, um, you know, I think it just becomes a healthy habit that you can incorporate and also enjoy. How about we hear a lot, there's always commercials on TV nowadays about general brain fog and, and how to improve memory. Mm-hmm. With, I think that I forget the name of the product, yeah. but uh, I see the commercials all the time. Yeah. Anything right. in particular that can help with, with brain fog and memory? Yes. So there's some antioxidants uh, that actually have been shown in research to help brain fog. And um, the antioxidant is called luteolin. Um, and rather than uh, try to remember that name, what I would suggest is that you include foods like fresh peppermint, uh, which can be had actually as a tea or you know as, as an herb that you add to something, sage, thyme, hot peppers, sweet peppers, celery seeds, parsley, artichokes. Um, and dried Mexican oregano, just to name a few. And dried Mexican oregano um, is, a, is an easy spice to add to the dishes that you cook. But by incorporating these foods, because of the antioxidant boost that they have, will help you over time to, um, you know, to improve symptoms of brain fog. So it's, an, it's, it's, it's a good thing to add in if you can. How about a lot of people are going gluten-free now, and uh, how, how important is that? How can it help our brains? 
So it turns out that, you know, in studies, um, in, in a review of what drives or worsens anxiety, um, gluten came up as sort of an offender in that it, it worsened some, some individuals who had anxiety. So I would say that if you are struggling with anxiety, that you may want to slowly just cut back on the sources of gluten that you have and be just, you know, be, uh, be somewhat wary of it. Uh, the other condition where gluten showed up was ADHD. Um, so in addition to individuals who may have a diagnosis of celiac disease or non-celiac gluten sensitivity, um, it seems that, you know, coming off gluten for symptoms of ADHD may be helpful. I also think, Ryan, it's important the source of the gluten. And, you know, it, in certain conditions in mental well-being, it definitely drives drives or worsens symptoms like anxiety or ADHD, the rest of the time I would really ask people to pay attention to what I call body intelligence, which is how, when you eat something, how is your body responding to that? And if it's responding in a way that is making you feel uncomfortable or you, you, you just don't feel good, pay attention to it because it might be that that's something you can learn from and either cut back on that food over time, not eat it if it's making your body feel uncomfortable or causing digestive or gastrointestinal issues. Sure. I suppose something like keeping a food diary would be important in that case. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, watch not only being careful of what you eat, but then writing it down can help you reflect on, you know, what have you been eating? When do those symptoms arise? And then you can always share that information, which is extremely valuable to a clinician such as myself. Mm -hmm. We are um, three weeks away from Thanksgiving. So we're going to hear a lot of, a lot of people talking about tryptophan and how it's going to put us to sleep after a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, Are there, are there other foods other than tryptophan or Turkey um, that, that benefit us for sleep? Absolutely. So, you know, it, it turns out that we right now, are, because of the level of anxiety and stress that people experience, we're definitely hearing a lot about um, struggles to get to sleep. It turns out that, you know, uh, things like omega-3 fatty acids do help sleep. So the rich fatty fish will help you. Melatonin-rich foods will help you. And my trick for this is flip your breakfast. So eggs, um, you know, certain fish um, and, um, you know, certain milks, as well as uh, vegetables such as asparagus and broccoli, all have sources of melatonin, as well as several other foods that I list in my book. But when you flip your breakfast, if you have an omelet at dinner, and um, add in some veggies like asparagus and broccoli, those will actually bring back sources of melatonin to your brain. And it's one way to think about almost getting your body ready for sleep um, by having something like that for dinner. And, um, and the other, the other uh, neat thing that I discovered through my research is it turns out that chickpeas um, are a great source of tryptophan. So even having uh, that as part of your side dish or a snack in the evening may be, may be a good idea. Hmm. So those melatonin-rich foods would be good to, to like you, you mentioned broccoli, uh, good to have yes. a little broccoli before bedtime and kind of get yourself in the routine? 
Exactly. And I like to combine it in a little dish like an omelet because when you add eggs, some dairy, uh, you know, a good source of milk, some asparagus, some broccoli in your omelet, all of those actually pack the power of melatonin. So, um, you know, making making that omelet for dinner may actually be a good idea to to help you along. Mm-hmm. You also have a lot of recipes in the in the book. I, I do. So chapter 11 is recipes, <laughs> and they're meant to pair with the different chapters, but they're also meant to be two things. One, interchangeable depending on the diet that you have. If you're vegan, you can make an easy substitution in the salmon recipe or others um, with a vegetarian pro, you know, protein or source of a vegetable that you might like. But also the other way, if you, you know, see, a, uh, see a vegetable-based dish and you want to add in a protein, uh, that is seafood or animal protein, it's, it's quite easy to do. But the other thing is it's meant to be interchangeable with the chapters. It's meant to line up with the chapters and the foods that we're encouraging you to eat for each different condition. But you can also use them interchangeably if you like recipes from the different different chapters uh, of the book. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Th- this next question, I, I I always think of this when I'm watching TV and I see one of those commercials, but why do so many medications say to avoid grapefruit juice? Absolutely. So that's a great question. Um, this is yeah. part of the reason why I, I don't say it glibly when I say always mention these things to your doctor, because even though it might mm-hmm. seem innocent that you're taking a supplement, um, unfortunately, you know, things that are natural and healthy like grapefruit do interact with certain medications because of them interacting with some of the enzyme systems in the liver. So just always be careful of grapefruit if you're taking medications or supplements. Make sure that you run it by your doctor because they, he or she would know, you know, the interactions that it has. Um, okay. So uh, it, it is definitely, I'm glad you brought that up because I talk about it all the time. Just, just you know, try and remind people to be careful, even though it's actually a healthy option. Sure. How about uh, moving on to uh, bipolar disorder? Are there foods that can worsen that? Yeah, you know, it, it, the I think I think that um, I would say the components of our Western diet that uh, you know that we we sort of eat most of the time are not good for the for this condition. So high glycemic foods, a lot of high carbohydrate foods, um, white bread, white rice, potatoes, and pasta. Uh, made from the more refined flowers are definitely not helping bipolar disorder. Um, you know, I always suggest that that keeping caffeine intake, uh, your coffee, number of cups of coffee less than 400 milligrams a day would be important to not worsen symptoms. Um, and then because some of the medications used to treat bipolar disorder include a medication called lithium, this interacts with sodium, um, and sodium is salt, so so you have to be careful about your salt intake because lithium actually interacts with that, and that's why your doctor will check your blood levels, etc., uh, when you're taking mm-hmm. such a medication. And and other things like uh, gluten um, also seem to worsen symptoms, as well as alcohol. So those oh, those dear. became important. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, too many people self-medicating with alcohol. 
That's uh, as right. a, uh, I was right. I was a police officer for 15 years, and I knew every oh. <laughs> every every call like that that I that I got. It would involve alcohol, and we're in Wisconsin too, right. so it's just kind of part of the right. story. Right, absolutely. I mean, in the pandemic, you know, the use of alcohol and drugs has increased precipitously across the country. So it's definitely something we want to be keeping a check on right now, just because it has been a hard time. It's been a very difficult time for for all of us, and the uncertainty is continuing. But, you know, if you've picked up any unhealthy eating or drinking habits, it might be a time to just check in with ourselves and you know, find a healthier path forward just for our better brain health and, and physical health. Sure, sure. Um, we talked about sleep and Thanksgiving turkey and tryptophan and so forth. Um, how about for insomnia and uh, and fatigue? What can what can help us with that? Sure. So some of the, the, the foods that showed up for insomnia include things like tart cherries, and um, certainly in my part of the country, I don't I don't get those fresh, but um, they uh, tart cherry juice has been shown to help insomnia. Um, certain things like chamomile tea um, are, are relaxing, and another impact uh, that chamomile tea has is that it's mildly sedating. So having a nice warming cup of chamomile tea uh, close to bedtime would be helpful to you. My other favorites are things like a golden milk. So, you know, whether it's almond milk or coconut milk with some added uh, turmeric with a pinch of black pepper and, um, you know, can be warmed and can be a very, very soothing, relaxing drink to have in the evening. So, you know, trying out a few things like that would be would just be helpful for people to uh, to start. You also mention in the book um, often a Mediterranean diet, how that can be beneficial. What exactly yeah. is that? Sure. So a lot of studies um, of in nutritional epidemiology have looked at the use of the Mediterranean diet, and I'll explain that in a moment, um, and have shown significant improvement in depression as well as in symptoms of anxiety. So it, it seems that eating uh, what individuals eat in the Mediterranean region, uh, a really robust diet of fruit, vegetables, beans, nuts, legumes, healthy fats such as olive oil and avocado, lean proteins such as um, certain types of seafood or lean poultry, and um, some red wine, um, and, you know, the prime, the um, the spirit of that sort of Mediterranean eating plan has really shown to help improve mood. So having some version of that in your life may be, may be extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, talking with uh, Dr. Uma Naidu about this, the book, This Is Your Brain on Food, An Indispensable Guide to the Surprising Foods that Fight Depression, Anxiety, PTSD, OCD, ADHD, and more. And uh, I'm looking at your uh, your website. Um, let's yeah. see. Actually, I, I just just clicked on it here. And, the, and you've got an article, The Five Best Plant-Based Foods to Eat When Anxious. Um, right. And... The first one is dark chocolate. Is that that mm-hmm. dark Absolutely. chocolate is helpful? Dark chocolate is helpful. It's just not the candy bar style. It's the uh, <laughs> extra extra dark natural uh, raw chocolate. Is is 
super healthy because it's very rich in cacao flavonols, which are great brain foods because of the rich antioxidants. Um, also, the process of making um, dark chocolate is actually fermented. Fermented foods are very good for our gut bacteria and our gut microbes. So, you know, adding in a tiny square of extra dark chocolate or adding a few dark chocolate chips with berries in the evening are really a good choice for that um, sweet tooth, uh, but really using natural sources. What else can we find on your website? It's uh, umanidumd.com. What will we find there? So thank you. So we we love for people to subscribe to our weekly newsletter where we try to send out useful, helpful, updated information with, you know, brain-healthy tips. On occasion, we send out a recipe. Other times, we're giving you the most recent research. Um, and also, you'll find uh, a way to link to um, how to obtain my book, the different sites um, which are online, or, um, you know, you can support your local bookseller um, uh, as well. And, you know, we, we just try to use either the website or our platform on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And the handle is at D-R-U-M-A-N-A-I-D-O-O. We use those really to provide scientific information from the book, updated studies, helpful tips to how you can eat. Because this is a journey, Ryan, that we're all on together. You know, we, we, any one of us can, can improve what we're doing on a given day, and none of us is mm-hmm. perfect. So it's really about sharing information that we can use together to start to improve um, how we're doing. Excellent. Well, this has been so much fun, Dr. Naidu. The, the, the book is, is very interesting, and it's been fun to talk to you tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ryan. It was an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate your great questions. Great. Thank you. You have a good night. You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Dr. Uma Naidu, folks, this is your brain on food. Um, and take a look at her website. It's Uma, U-M-A, Naidu. N-A-I-D-O-O-M-D dot com, umanidu dot com. A lot of good information there, and uh, you can get information on how to find the book. It's a hardcover book. If you collect books, this is a good one to have. (laughs) And uh, look at her website for uh, information, and the book has uh, a lot of great recipes, too. I'm going to have to go through this a little uh, little closer and uh, make some of the recipes. She's a professional chef, so she knows what she's talking about um, when it comes to preparing food, and she knows what she's talking about when she talks about psychiatry as well. So uh, very good conversation with Dr. Uma Naidu. Tomorrow we'll talk about anxiety again. Uh, with Connie Habish, uh, we'll talk about her book, Awakening from Anxiety, kind of a more spiritually based uh, route to uh, relieving anxiety and stress, uh, a spiritual guide to living a more calm, confident, and courageous life. Thank you very much for joining me today. Take a look at RyanLindsayShow.com for information on guests past, present, and future. You can sign up for the newsletter there to get uh, get the first first news of who the guests will be coming up for the next uh, couple of weeks. RyanLindseyShow.com. Hope to see you there. We'll talk tomorrow. I'm Ryan Lindsay.
Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Ryan Lindsay Show. Visit RyanLindsayShow.com for more information about The Ryan Lindsay Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.